Good morning, all you lovely saints at Chelmsford. Thank you so much for inviting us to speak, and I'm delighted to see you. Big love from the Hope Church in Glasgow to you all. Um, I'm going to speak to you quite briefly because I know Andy's got a lot to share, but it's from a book, first book of the Bible, Genesis 18, and God showed me this last week. And I know it's something I've spoken to you about before, and it's certainly something God's spoken to me about before, but as he's reminded me, I'm reminding you. So Genesis 18. So uh, Daddy God appears to this hero of faith, a man called Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah are, are Bedouins and travel around in a tent. And they are... And he invites them for lunch. Abraham is so thrilled that God has turned up that he invites him to lunch. And in the Bible, Abraham is described as a friend of God. I mean, what an accolade that is. And making a meal thousands of years ago was not a quick process. Does God need to eat? Do angels need to eat? I'm not sure. But does God like hanging around with his friends? Yes. They cook a meal, eat, and then Daddy God and the two angels, or Jesus and the Holy Spirit, were moving off to do the next thing that they feel they should do, which I haven't got time to go into in this chat. But God, there's this internal discussion that goes on in Daddy God's head, which is a fascinating insight into the way he thinks about Abraham, but also the way he thinks about us. And he says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed, for I've chosen him. Now at this point, Abraham and Sarah have no children, and they're well past childbearing age. And we know from the story that they go on supernaturally to have a child exactly a year after this encounter. But it was more this thinking that Daddy God had of Abraham. He doesn't see him as he is. And I was like, what? Just a couple of chapters later, he makes a great howling mistake that Daddy God has to rescue him from, and Sarah. And God causes it all to work for the, together for good. And I'm like, what? And you see that in Hebrews 11. There's these tales of all these heroes of faith. But we know the full history of their story and it's like chunks of their life have been edited out. It's a bit like this video. I kid you not, this must be at least the seventh attempt I've had. I had the window cleaner turned up, then somebody else turned up at the door, uh, then uh, the phone went, then it started to sunshine and had to change location because you couldn't see me through the dazzling glow on the screen. It's been hilarious. But all I've done is I've completely scrapped those videos that you'll never see and you're getting the finished result. And that's exactly what Daddy God does in our lives. All those rubbish, crappy bits of our life, he edits out onto heaven's cutting room floor and he chooses to never remember them. It's amazing. So it reminded me the importance of remembering that we're his sons. So... As his sons, I just want to remind you that we live for connection. 
We love being around the presence of God so much that we're sensitive to when something happens to upset him or when we feel his presence has gone or if we've grieved his presence and we're quick to put it right. I am a great apologiser. I have spent many, many years of my life apologising. I can do long apologies, short apologies. I have got like a PhD in apologising and putting things right with people. They have a father who they love and who loves them. But they want the joy of partnering with him in what he's doing and seeing him work and influence their spheres of activity, their areas of influence, be it with raising toddlers, being a great nana, being a highly influential teacher through which children are educated and come to know Jesus, whether it's through seeing our departments that we run, bring key values that our God's values into society, into charities, into legislation, into our various departments, whether it's praying for internet speeds to upload quick. They choose what to do and out of love and they can say no. They hear his voice and are listening for it. They live from connection. Being connected to Daddy God is the most important thing in their lives. And they treasure that connection. And they treasure the God in other people. They have full access. They are held on to. Daddy God has full hold of them. They have a rich inheritance. God saw Abraham outside of time. He didn't see him as he was then. And he doesn't see you like you see you. He sees your full inheritance, the finished result in your life, your vast legacy through your job, through your employment, through your church, through building the church, through your work, through your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, through people and strangers you've influenced. He sees us as a finished result. I am powerful and free and so are you. I have access to unlimited resources. I can rest because I am a daughter or a son and he is working while I rest to look after my good. I can be and I can share who I am. I am always a son and I am always a daughter. It's not conditional. I am a son or daughter all the time and we live with peace and joy. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Andy did a wonderful paraphrase. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is an innovative creature formed by God. And in the same way he created a planet from nothing but his word and breath, he or she has a new nature formed purely of God's substance and activity. The old style earthly person has perished long ago on the cross. The new never before seen you has happened, the true you designed in eternity by God. Ephesians 2.10 says you are his workmanship, his work of art, his unique masterpiece. And as if to illustrate it, in the middle of doing the video, the doorbell's just gone. <laughs> Be blessed all you wonderful saints in Chelmsford. Bye!